0: Hey everybody, it's Chris Lindsay and this is another episode of Pitch List. We've got a really cool show today. I went downtown and sat with Steve Mokler. I've known Steve for a while. He's a uh, artist, performer and also writes some outside uh, cuts. Uh, I'll give you some of his stats. Uh, he's written for Dirk Bentley, Jake Owen, Eric Church, Kelly Pickler, lots more. He wrote the song Riser for Dirk Bentley, which is a great cut. Uh, Steve is really coming on strong as an artist. I, I feel like he's a uh, rising star in the country music business. Do yourself a favor and check him out. Here's our talk, and this is Steve Mokler. Hey, everybody. It's Chris Lindsay on another edition of Pitch List. Uh, today's a great a special day. We're on location today, which uh, often we record in the—well, actually half and half— but we're out on Music Row today, or Music Row adjacent, and our guest today is Steve Mokler.
1: What's up, Chris? How are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm I didn't realize great. you don't always make a trip out. Now I feel special. No, no, no. no it, de-
0: it depends. I, you know, you, if you work in your home studio all the time, it's like I like to get out yeah. and and
1: see people and uh, and so this
0: this building here is your management or PR this is, or this
1: is PR. Okay, uh, so it's I don't I don't get to be here very often, but I, I love this building. It's got great energy. I do energy too, too, man. It's as soon beautiful. as I
0: walked in, I was like, "Wow, this place is really nice." They got the feng shui down. there. They do. Yeah. Well, I was reading this morning, kind of getting caught up uh, on you. Uh, now we know each other because we've written several songs, yeah. so we've spent uh, many uh, therapy hours together. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, <laughs> I feel like I know you more that way than I do as a friend because yeah. we, you know what I'm saying. When I agree. you're working on songs, it's like a, it's a a deeper level, really, but mm-hmm. it, but maybe some of the everyday things you don't know about a person. Sure. So I was trying to catch up with you. Now, are you making the new record I was reading about? Now, or are you done with it?
1: The record is finished, okay. and we we've been um, we've been out on the road the last two months. Um, we in every every six weeks, we've been releasing a new song off it. So the record will drop on June fifteenth. Right.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I read on your website that it started. As a collection of songs for truck drivers, is that true? Well, it started with uh, it, not
1: specifically, but road songs. Yeah, well, it, it kind of it started with a with an assignment um, from this this company called Mack Trucks. You know, an iconic trucking company, and um, it, it which grew out of a song on my last record called Siddle Saloon, um, which is about a bar in my grandfather's basement. So when I was playing my my last record for my team at uh, CAA. I just kind of cherry picked a few songs to tell stories about. And on that, that song is about, uh, there's one line that says, you know, grandpa and his brothers back when they were young would come down here once they unloaded those trucks. So there happened to be one girl in the room named Megan Sykes who happened to be talking to Mac Trucks who was looking for someone to write a song for a truck they had coming out called The Anthem. So she just did the math and said, "Well, he may have some ties to the trucking industry, and he's from Pennsylvania. That's also where Mack Trucks is based." And said, "Maybe this would be a good fit." So they came out and to meet me and they're, they're the Mack Trucks team, and uh, and we just hit it off in uh, in a big way. And they they entrusted me with the assignment of writing the song. So you know, as a just as a working songwriter, I was just oh yeah, I was just glad to have a cool job, Absolutely, you know. And, you know. It, and it started as that and. Um, I spent a lot of time with just talking to them, learning about the history of their company, and just found that we had a lot of shared values. And um, I told my mom I got this gig, you know, and because my grandfather Siddle is her dad, and I said Mack Trucks asked me to write this song. I'm in, you know, doing research trying to get it together, and he, she said your grandfather only drove Mac Trucks. Wow, he was a mechanic and had yeah. a fleet of them, and so. I it, it just kind of it was a real gift to kind of be led to this inspiration and so I was on the road a lot more than I'd ever been and uh was on the highway and we we would we were sleeping in truck stops every yeah. night so I kind of felt yeah. just kind of I was coming at this song from a couple different angles with um starting with just you know the co- the connection to my grandfather who passed away in 1995 and but has left a really cool legacy for our family and also being, you know, brushing shoulders with truck drivers. So the song uh, ended up feeling really personal to me, even though it was a commercial, literally a commercial assignment. It just kind of led me to this whole, uh, it was just kind of a can of worms of the subject of, of the highway and being a, you know, a traveling musician. And um, it, it, it helped me piece together, you know, what this record was supposed to be. It was kind of a keystone.
0: That's really interesting, man, because mm. I don't know if I've ever heard that story. It's really cool because, like you said, you it's It's awesome to get an assignment for songwriting because then you know what you're doing right. versus we walk in and we don't know what we're doing, really. And I've always thought it's fun. It's like, yeah. this is what yeah. we're going to do. You know, This is what we're going to deal with. Um, but then to have that actually bleed into your artistry, like open a door for yeah. you. You know, it's yeah. typically not the story of that.
1: No, totally. And it's, it's really cool. Not. It was but, a
0: gift. But I think what you said, it's interesting. and Because when I was younger, I, I was on the road for, I don't know, for a while, maybe eight years. And uh, that lifestyle that you live now, of, and you tour a lot. So mm-hmm. you really do hang out with truck drivers. I mean, it's like it, it's every night that's the iron skillets, the only thing open yeah. to eat at. And, exactly. uh, you know, you kind of just run in the same circles, you know, and it's. It's it's interest. It's just an interesting aside, really. Um, it is, yeah. Now I know I've talked to you about this, uh, but I'm just going to talk about it again. Um, you like the road.
1: I I like the road. I, yeah. I you know, it, of course, there's there's days I really I really don't like the road, but that's part of the road. You know, <laughs> you had like three hours sleep <laughs> yeah. the night before. I mean, I I love I love performing. Mm-hmm. I love uh, I love the connection. I love the energy of coming into a city. And you're at the waiting at the venue and you're like, every night I'm always surprised. I'm like, people know our music here. And right, sure enough, they just start par- coming to the parking lot and they come out and they're singing your songs back to you. And and that, that's that's what I love about the road. It's, it's right. But you know, it's uh and I love the camaraderie of, of mm-hmm. being in a band and yep. uh you know, just just the, the relationships you, you make oh, yeah. on the road. There there's just a special bond that oh. comes with it. You know, it it definitely can get old and can wear you down.
0: It's but like you said, mm -hmm. and I get it better now. You that's what you that's what's required to do what you love.
1: Yes, that's that's the best. That's the part
0: of it, and you know anything it's worth it. Anything in life, if you, it's always going to be better if you take a positive attitude. My second question for you, man. When I was driving in, thinking, um, you, how do you separate in your mind, or do you? So you, as a writer, you have mm-hmm. kind of two hats, you know, you mm-hmm. have the Steve Mokler as an artist hat because you write all your mm-hmm. stuff. But then also, um, you, you've gotten quite a few cuts as, you know, just a professional writer. I mean, mm-hmm. and you, do you, do you have writing dates where you're seeking an outside cut
1: or is that an outflow mm-hmm. of you writing for yourself? I, you know, that's a great question, Chris. I I feel like I'm, I'm still figuring that out, you know, and that's. That's something I'm. I'm always trying to you know figure out how to walk that line and and uh, and I think it, it kind of comes in waves for me. You know, there's like when we were in the heart of making this record, I was pretty hyper focused on on that, and I felt like the people that I was fortunate enough to sit down with were wanted to, to serve that goal as well. Um, but I really, you know, I i also feel like it can be a setback sometimes to come in and and go, no, it needs to be something for me and for this project because. I just love writing songs and I love I for me to love writing a song it doesn't necessarily have to be a song that I would I want to sing I just I love serving the best idea in the room and if that's an idea for me that's that's really exciting and probably my probably my first choice Mm -hmm. um but you know just a great idea to me is, is is the most exciting thing and um so I, I just, I really, I think the best results happen for me when I just come in as a servant to whatever, whatever song wants to be born that day, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I, I haven't had a lot of luck with, with kind of wrestling it into being something for me. No, I, I haven't it, either. You I, know?
0: I, yeah. Amy and I talk about it often. I, I don't, I, I, I know some people do it. I don't know how they do it. You're walking in with a completely open mind to your writing sessions. Yeah, you're going to write with people that you really love to be with, mm-hmm. and you love what they do. Mm-hmm. And then, it, you know, if it land, if it if if the muse lands it in your lane, then you're excited. if, yeah. it, if it lands in Florida Georgia Lines lane, you're a writer and you're excited too, because right. you know that's that's great too.
1: You know, if if sometimes I have an idea, you know, right. I would okay. say it's, I would say it's somewhat rare. You know, it may maybe you know a quarter of the time I might have an idea that is just feels really personal, is burning a, burning a hole in my heart. And I'm like, you know, this is, I don't even have to try to make it my thing. It just, it just comes out that way, yeah. you know? And those yeah. tend to be the songs I record, Okay, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a, an interesting uh, line to, to walk, but it's, it's fun. It's fun to right. try to walk. But I, I, if, again, I feel like I have the most success when I can just surrender the control and just be a, be a songwriter and sur- serve the yeah. idea.
0: Well, I was watching uh, a documentary the other night. My kid Oscar showed me of George Martin interviewing Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys about writing huh. "God Only Knows," which is just an incredible wow. song. Yeah. And so Brian Wilson's kind of going through all this stuff, and you know, you know, and he's kind of not making his point. And then he finally just looks down and he says to George Martin, "He says, you know, man, uh, you can't think your way into a great song."
1: Right, and it'll probably, right? I think, too, feel the most, you know, you feel authentic and probably yes, feel the yes. most artistic. Yeah. I mean, that that posture, I think, is 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 a conduit to make something natural come out, which is what the best art is, I mm-hmm. think. So to
0: veer a little bit into the artist direction, um, I grew up in Texas and there were guys like uh, Robert Earl Keene Jr., mm-hmm. uh, Ray Wiley Hubbard. He was a little bit more of a redneck. But... The real singer songwriter with a you know with a very strong individual voice and organic uh, understated approach to production.
1: Well, that that's definitely the kind of music I yeah, love. So yeah. So here's my, my
0: here's a there's a question in there somewhere. Um, I'm really starting to see more and more of that sort of thing enter the mainstream of country music mm-hmm. in 2018. And I don't want to say it in a weird way, but it is higher quality in my opinion. It's more honest organic more heartfelt do you see that the country the modern country music industry
1: moving that way well maybe the optimist in me does because it makes room yeah. okay. all right all right I, I would yeah. I would say I, I see uh I see it uh I see country music as uh you know uh what's the word I'm looking for yeah a melting pot, right? Yeah. In in the the same way that the United States of America is a melting pot. I think that in the last, you know, few years, uh, country music has become a melting pot where you have Casey Musgraves, you have Sturgill Simpson and you have Ford Georgia line and you have, you know, Chris Lane and everything in between. And so I've been encouraged that, you know, I feel like there's, it is, it is a broad spectrum. And, uh, and I think it, there's room for, for what I do. I'm very thankful that there's room, there's room for it. Oh, there's definitely you know? room. Yeah.
0: And I, I also think that it has something to do with new delivery to ve- vehicles like Spotify mm-hmm. or the streaming world mm-hmm. versus the old days where record companies really controlled the output. So you really couldn't listen to something that you didn't have access to. Right. So they had much more control on what the mm-hmm. market was going to get. Now with Spotify… The interesting thing is, is that it it's really pushing better music. I think. Do you think? Yeah, it, I, I think I think so because too. People I, like great stuff.
1: I think. Yeah, it's just it's just made a, it's made a way for you know. I, I definitely I don't my music hasn't hasn't really been into the, in that mainstream that thin line of mainstream country music and and I think it's really cool. There's so many avenues for people who like country music and like all kinds of, of music to to discover it. You know, like you said, and it. it 20 years ago people were only hearing what was being promoted through those main channels exactly and now there's so many channels like this podcast for instance is Mm -hmm. is another one you know that people can discover you know the kind of stuff they love
0: and i also love your approach ever since i've known you which is probably a year or two now i guess Mm -hmm. um of your working the road working these you know separate markets and you you get a crowd out and then you go out there and kick butt you know and then and i'm sure what happens is next time you come you've got a bigger crowd yeah and when you build it like that man that that organic uh that has staying power yeah. and and it, i think you will intersect with the mainstream of country music as you build that it'll it it will intersect well, thanks man it will. I hope so.
1: I like that prediction. Yes. I like that. Oh prediction. no, it's going to work. It's going to work. <laughs> just need well, that song, don't I? <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to write you you may already have
0: it. You never know what yeah. you're sitting on. I know as a writer and uh, some production that I've done, I learned for me that I cannot judge my own material. If mm-hmm. it, you know, if somebody else's material, if I listen to it and uh, under the prerequisite of is this a hit country song? I'm pretty good at saying I think that's a hit. I think this is not a hit but I learned that I couldn't judge my own material because I love my own material. Cause I wouldn't write yeah. it that way if I didn't like it. <laughs> right. Do you, uh, do you ever run into that? Like when you're making your records, do you use outside voices and your people
1: to, you know, help you with that? I do. I have a, I have a small trusted circle. You know, I have mm-hmm. my, my, my team at creative nation, which is Beth Laird, and Luke Laird, my my producer, and Jeff Skaggs, who's kind of been my right hand man on Music Row for nine years. He he really introduced me to this whole town. Wow! So y'all been together? From We've the been beginning. together for a long time, and and he he believed in me before anyone else did, and so I trust him a lot. And and, and also my wife Gracie, them she she sure. has she has a huge influence, and oh, also yeah. has a very different perspective than all three of them do. And I think very valuable too. By the it way, is, it is, and I think so. I think it's a nice balanced council, and. Uh, But I would say I I have pretty, I have pretty strong feelings about, about songs. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I can usually tell if it's good, if if I think it's good, if it's a Mm -hmm. good song and if it's something I, I, when I cut songs, I try to think, you know, to the best of my ability, do I think that I would want to sing this song 20 years from now? Right. Can I imagine myself wanting to sing this song? That's kind of the, my barometer more so than does this sound like a hit cuz I really right. don't know. I I really don't know. I know what I, you know, what's a hit to me.
0: Right. Have you had the experience of um tracking like going into the studio with some songs that you're ready to rock. You think these are mm-hmm. the songs and some of them work better than you thought or not mm-hmm. as good, good as you thought.
1: Yeah, I've had I've had both.
0: I've yeah. had that happen too. I For sure. I think it's interesting cuz there's like and then sometimes a song that you really have your eye on is I think that's going to be the the big one. Yeah it didn't work as good. Yeah. It's another step in the process.
1: Yeah, totally. It's and it's that's that's probably one of my favorite things about recording is that the mystery uh you know, the same way every day when you're writing is a mystery. Yes. You know, you don't know what where the idea is going to come from or even the first time you see the idea, you may not be sure what what was loaded in it until you explore it and when you get in the studio too. Yeah, you 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 don't things can really sneak up on you for better yeah, or worse. It's, for better or worse. Well said. That's what I was trying to say. As much as you think <laughs> Even as much as you just look at the integrity of a song, you know, you and I both being songwriters and you can how it comes out at the Bluebird Cafe, you can go, oh, yeah, that's a great song. Mm -hmm. But there's something at the studio that can add an X factor.
0: I love the idea you said. I want to explore uh, the mystery of it. I think that is what we love, isn't it? In the writing process. Yeah. In the recording, too. That's the that's the great the, the the beautiful part and the terrible part, you know? Yeah. But that's the fu- it's the riverboat gambler. I always say that it's just a roller coaster ride. Yeah, It's what
1: makes it fun. You're chasing invisible magic. Yeah, and you just yeah. and you don't control when it shows up. No, <laughs> you, you don't. We do all these little things we yeah. might think are are somewhat controlling or influencing the environment. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. But it's 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 ultimately it's something that feels out of our control. And and I think we all get we all know the feeling when it shows up. Yes. And that is what keeps us coming back That's every day. Right. Even yeah. if it doesn't come back for weeks, mm-hmm. you keep coming back, waiting for that, yes. waiting for it to strike again. Yeah. you uh, just, it's the best feeling in the world. Well, you just show up and wait for the magic, I guess. Yeah. That explains a lot of my anxiety right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought of it one yeah. day. I think yeah. I said
0: it on one of the other podcasts, but I was just like uh, a bricklayer uh, can, you know, a good bricklayer, they can tell you right there, you know, he can lay whatever, 500 bricks a day, whatever. I don't know, 100 square feet, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. That's easy. So he does that, and that's it. He did it's straight and level, then he's yep. done. In our thing,
1: we don't know how it works. Right. It's right. a mystery. It's and, like, you, and you can say, oh, this is a perfectly straight foundation of brick, and you show it to yes, someone, they go, that's totally crooked. Yeah, <laughs> right. Or <laughs> no, it's you, can,
0: not. you can build a wall that's completely crooked and crazy, and people love it.
1: <laughs> it's it's so like
0: true. A, it's a mystery. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And now, a message from the Pitchlist production staff. Hey, everybody. CMA Fest may be over this year, but don't worry. If you missed it in person, you can follow us on social media or at pitchlist.com to watch our behind the scenes interviews with artists like Kip Moore, Brandon Ray, and more and more that's a killer new band um also mark your calendars for august 16th to watch the cma fest special on abc dana spent uh two days out at cma fest this weekend she got some cool interviews she said she had some really fun talks with fans can't wait to hear all that in the next coming weeks thanks for listening and now back to the episode i wanted to talk to you about the when you uh when you're on the road, you're not going to be co-writing on Music Road. Do you ride a lot out on the road?
1: I don't. I, I, It's very hard to ride on the road for for where I I'm think at. It is, you know. And I know that you know some artists. You know, I don't have a tour bus yet, or, and uh, so it's you know we're driving ourselves, and you know we're usually getting to the venue just in time for load in and sound check. And I mean, there's literally. I'm lucky if I get if I have an hour or two. That I can eat and right. maybe drink a beer and just and bre- unwind, breathe for a second. Yes. That is a that's a good day. So <laughs> there's really, there's really just not time. Yeah. If, yeah. if 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 I had some guy driving us down the road and I could be in the back and with a songwriter buddy of mine, I'd, I'd love to be able to write songs out there. But with where I'm at, it, it it's just it just doesn't really fit right now. But I will say, I get I do get a lot of ideas on the road. That's okay. that's really? really a big source of ideas for me because you know I have. I have you know the notes app on my phone, like yeah. we all do, and when I'm you know just sitting shotgun seat or whatever, I, I, or driving, I guess I my, my thoughts are always churning. It's it's actually a cool time to actually get to spend time with your thoughts, whereas when you're in town, you know you're 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 hustling to the right, you get home, yet you, your wife's there, maybe you have kids or you're mm-hmm. hanging out with people that night. The highway can afford you this time to just maybe three hours, just to. Think. Kind of zen yeah. and, and see yes. what you're feeling and, yep. and explore ideas in your mind and stories. So I do get a lot of ideas that way. And also the change of scenery, you mm-hmm. know, of every day. You're seeing different people and, you know, different, different regions and the unique dialects and cultures and these things, I think, uh, are, are a great source of, of inspiration.
0: Well, and I think in general, as a writer, um, it is really valuable to get outside of Nashville. Yeah, there's such a group think here. Yeah, you know, sure. And it it has good things and bad things, but you know, there's kind of a general idea about how things go and what's a good song at any given time. When you, I find whenever I go out to see artists that I might be working with on the road, it really reminds me of what's real life. Yeah, you know, like people have jobs, they've got kids driving them crazy, you know, yeah. and they want to come out to a show and 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 unplug for a couple hours and have fun. Yeah. Or be moved and cry. But uh I think it's I love going out on the road because I think that the fans of country music are way more forgiving on the songs than the people here in town. Oh, of
1: course, yeah. Do you
0: notice that? It's like yeah, they love a lot of stuff. They're not and, and here the no. gatekeepers in Nashville, I guess it's just how it works. You know, they you know, they're good at what they do, but they they can be jaded. And uh mm-hmm. it's really great to get out and just see the real thing happen. Mm-hmm. You know? And so you have the benefit. Long yeah. story short, as an artist, you have that benefit of really interacting that way with your fans and seeing, you know, what what works for them.
1: Yeah. It's it's and I, I think too, another another, you know, extension to that is I think, you know, the more time I've spent on the road and the more, you know, as as crowds, you know, grow and I have opportunities to play for bigger audiences like I have for the, you know, first time in the last couple of years, uh, you know, coming to a writing room, I have this whole new kind of instincts that are built in. I'm imagining this song in, in that on that big stage, you know, mm-hmm. rather than uh, just imagining a song played in my bedroom and then maybe at the Bluebird Cafe. You know, that's, a, it's a different type of song. Oh, absolutely. There's an overlap there of the, just a great yes. song is a great song, but it, there's definitely a, it's a different frame for that picture. You can imagine it being in, you know, mm-hmm. and I think without really thinking about it, the more you, you play in front of audiences or go to big concerts, you, it, it kind of makes its way into your approach.
0: Yeah. There is a whole right. psychology of how your songs are received and how many people are involved.
1: Yeah, just like
0: you said, and I think it's very true.
1: Yeah, and I don't. Again, I don't. I I don't think about it that way very often. But like I said, I think it's more of a subconscious subconscious, thing. Yes, but but it is an interesting thing to to actually to think about because you can imagine. I mean, imagine, you know, it's it's almost like you know, uh, the 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 context of a piece of art is a has a lot to do with how you see it. Yes, absolutely. And if you think about a song, would you you know the thought of seeing, you know, Florida Georgia Line at a coffee house. Just doesn't make sense no right no but but you could you can you can imagine like uh brandy clark at a coffee sure house. but they and they both have great songs and they have yep. very unique sounds and uh you know it, you, you I, I do wonder sometimes about that just is it do does certain music have a have a, a capacity a limited capacity just and it doesn't make it better or worse but it's just no. it's just the the the, the best well, frame for that it does
0: music. maybe in the sense of how many people will be grouped together at one time to hear it mm-hmm. but even things that are more intimate they still have the capacity to reach just as many people as they listen on their own what we're talking about is in a venue True. but you know who said it? i remember now i couldn't remember it but it was desmond child was explaining his theory. Cause he wrote all that Bon Jovi stuff, big arena rock. Sure. And he was talking about that. And I can't remember. It was really interesting though. He was like, you know, he was singing his lines. It's like, blah, blah, blah. Then you wait. Cause it's gotta go all the way to the back. Huh? And then blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know? That makes and I never sense. thought of that before. And I was like, it, but it really does. It really does. You know? Um, that's brilliant for him to have that. Kind yeah. Of he's a smart guy. That's really he's smart. a smart guy. Uh, so where do you, uh, I th- I've never asked this question of anybody but I want to ask you. Where where's your vision for you in
1: 5 years? Whew. Man, uh, that is a it's a really great question. It's it's really hard for me to answer that right now. I feel like I uh, I've actually just was talking to my wife about this last night. Um you know, I really I really uh have a hard time um defining success in a macro way, you know, mm-hmm. of saying and I think part, there's, there's something, I, there's part of myself I, I like about that because I'm able to be, to be grateful for, um, for, for, the, for so many things, you know? Right. But at the same time, I think there, there, it, it is necessary to be able to, or at least helpful and important to be able to go, this is where I want to be. Yeah,
0: but also uh, what you're saying is, because from what I hang with you in writing, I, I got that feeling, you're very in the moment. And I think that's part of Thank that you. too, which is great. I mean, really, for me personally, that's a struggle for me to try mm-hmm. to be in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. not drifting out over here because that's all we really have, you know. Right. The rest of it's a projection.
1: Yeah, it's. So true. maybe
0: it's a silly question that I no, ask it's you. a
1: great question, and and I w- I just want to acknowledge for some reason that question. It like it, it and you. It's just fresh that you're asking me this because we were literally just talking about it last night before we went to bed, and I kind of woke up with this. It's amazing how that question can actually. It stresses me out, and I and I want to be wow. able. I want to be able to have a, uh, a a healthier relationship with that question, um, and I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, so,
0: well, I would also say that I I from hanging with you, I I have a pretty strong feeling that you're a man of faith. I am. Okay. Yes. And I am too. And, uh, I think that factors in here too. You know, I know in my life, I, I've recently gotten to the point where I've said, you know what? I'm going to quit stressing out about a, B and C. Yeah. God has taken care of me so far. Right. Exactly. Actually way better than I really should should have been. Yeah. You know? So I have no reason to expect that he's not going to. Right. You know, And I kind of get a feeling from you that's part of your vibe, too. Yeah. You want to be in the moment and, you know, you you don't, you know, you're not like one of these guys like, I want to be doing stadiums and, you know, yeah. it's like maybe, but but you could. Maybe. You yeah. might
1: be. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I want, and I want to, yeah, I do want to make, I, I appreciate you saying that, I think I just want to reiterate that, that I don't. I don't feel stressed about five years from now. No, I understand. I, I feel stressed about thinking about five right. years from because, now because it,
0: because I'm it's very a, hopeful about. Yes, it, no, I know? I'm, I feel very confident for you in five yeah. years. What I'm saying is, it's a. Uh, you know, like you said, it's a mystery, man. It's, yeah,
1: and I th- I think keep it part a mystery. Of me I love the, that. I, I love part it. Of me likes I love the mystery it. and I, I yeah. feel I think so much of my career up until this point has been a surprise to me. I I love it. And I think um you know, when I was 18 and 19, I had a very specific thing I wanted to do. I wanted to be signed to a major label, I wanted to be on a tour bus, and I wanted to be the next John Mayer. Okay. And, you know, that did not happen. And so many, and I look back and I'm like, gosh, I'm so glad that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I came to Nashville and I fell in love with this music community. I fell in love with, uh, you know, the way we write songs here. And uh, I feel like it in a way kind of reconnected me to my roots and where I grew up. And because I didn't become a big rock star, I had, um, you know, I made amazing friends, you know, and like, because I became rooted in one place and I was able to meet a girl I love. And Plant some roots while still pursuing my dream, and mm-hmm. just had a different pace, you know. So I think sometimes, you know, my question is—is is I, I get hung up on that a little bit of of the pace, you know? I think I've maybe become a little stubbornly in love with my slow, steady pace. I so if I I, was, I admire it. I really do. It, it, I, I, I think it's fantastic. Well, thanks, man. So I guess if, if if I could write the story, and I'm not sure this would be the best version of the story or what will come true, but I. <laughs> I would love, I really love the idea of growing slowly and steadily. Um, Mm -hmm. And if I could do that for five years in a row, I would be very, I would call that success, you know? And I guess what that looks like would be, you know, I'd love to, to outgrow the sprinter and get into a bus and maybe get to write some songs on the road. And, uh, you know, if, if I love to write those hit songs that, 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 you know, are a part of culture and, and, you know, or become time capsules for people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that, that would, that would be really exciting to me. But, you know, mostly I just, if I can keep making the records that I love, I can just honestly say, man, I, I made the record I wanted to make and, right. and, and make those memories with our fans. And, and if they, if they want to, if they could grow, that'd be great. Cause that would help us get, sure. <laughs> get out and stop sure. driving myself yeah. around, you know?
0: Yeah. But, so. um, you know, Tony Robbins says the definition of happiness is progress. Mm. And I think that's what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: I have to say, as I was listening to you talk, I think, man, I've been here a while and I have seen, you know, I've seen guys and girls uh, get really, you know, big at this, you know, real mm-hmm. big. And one thing I could say from observing it is no matter how big a shows you're playing, no matter how many millions of records you sell, blah, 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 money, everything. If you get to the end of the deal and you don't have anybody and you don't have a real life you lose yeah you know you really do i was thinking about it the other night it's like this is i i know that sounds hard but it's it's really true you know if you don't have people in your life that care about you if you don't have real friends if you don't have a real life and that i think that's a danger sometimes for people when they go for sure for that big thing
1: It seems very difficult. Yeah, I think it is I've just seen in a small scope in in the little bit of success I've had that I'm very grateful for that, you know, wow, there's, I can just imagine, you know, when you, when you've Mm -hmm. got the the demands that are put on you. Right, exactly. It's, it's tough. So I guess, I guess I kind of carefully pursue that because I'm not always, I guess I'm a little bit skeptical. But here's the smart
0: thing. Here's the smart thing you're doing. Mm -hmm. You will grow into it. And as you grow into it steadily, you'll get the muscles to handle it. I love that. Yeah, you know I, 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 mean? I believe that's true. Because I've seen it happen the other way. I see, somebody, a band yeah. comes out and they have three number ones in a row. And next thing you know, they're touring stadiums. It's like, it can create some really tough situations. Sure. Because they went from zero miles an hour to 100 miles an hour.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so I think it's actually the best way, really, because you're you're going with your audience, and you yeah. guys you guys are on a trip, you know. Yeah, Then that, we'll, that's and I love you that. You see analogy, where it goes yeah. for sure, you know? man. I want to ask sure. you about one more thing before we wrap up. Um, I was reading on your website. Uh, you have a charity. I hope I get the word right. Is it uh, free the birds? Free the birds, yeah. which I I've read a little bit about, and I absolutely cool. love that. Oh, thanks. Can you, can you tell us about that yeah. a little bit?
1: Yeah. So it's it's something that came about. It started in 2012, and again at that time, I was I was pretty frustrated in my my artist efforts. You know, I was kind of feeling kind of worn down, and I was like, you know, I need to have a healthy outlet, something else mm-hmm. I can do to um you know just to put my hands to something so i started making birdhouses and um as a hobby and around the same time i learned uh about the human sex trade actually at a, at a at a church i was going to at the time they they brought in somebody you know from a big organization that that shared what was happening and i had no idea and i think a lot of people were were stunned, and mm-hmm. so I kind of left just feeling like the weight of it um, yeah. more than really anything else I'd ever you know any other cause or anything. It's just, hard to just, believe that's going on in the world in, in a modern world. It's just you, just, you don't
0: even you. I, I know it's crazy. it's heartbreaking.
1: It's shocking yeah. and and um and uh, shortly thereafter I heard some I heard this quote and I can't pronounce the guy's name of that said this quote but he said uh, God loved the birds so he made trees man loved the birds so he made cages hmm. and if you just that that's oh, yeah. so simple so heavy and i think a perfect um analogy for for what is the human sex trait. it's 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 human beings trying to grapple and control and manipulate something that is meant to be beautiful and created beautifully and I so and it's and it's and it's twisted and I think the birdhouse in that analogy is is humans stepping in to to repair mm-hmm. what humans have made a mess of. and um, it's so so it kind of just is a symbol of, of of what of the effort we're making it's, and, and and it's not a nonprofit organization. Um, there's there's so many nonprofit organizations that are doing great work and then have the staff. So we we really are just a, a fundraising, a fundraiser for them. So I bring the birdhouse out and we invite people to, to drop some cash in it on their way out. And every tour that the birdhouse gets filled up with cash. And I've, I've, I've built them in my basement at a cedar. I've, we've, we've sold over, oh, I think over 120, or 150 wow. of them. Just And you've raised. You've ra- I'm
0: not going to say how much, but I saw a mm-hmm. figure you've raised Lot of money for yeah. it to help with this. Yeah, it's, it's really it, it, it's, impressive.
1: And it, well, thanks, man. It's and it, you know it's, it's it's been really cool that our 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 listeners and supporters have really have really taken to it and have really uh you know they they they've done it all. You know,
0: I love the uh, the symbolism of it, and I think it's really a smart marketing tool used in a really fantastic way, which is the bird. Just like you said, but it gives people a visual image. Mm-hmm. that they can sort of grab onto for an analogy of what of how to help yeah now when now, so yeah. now were you building the birdhouses yourself yeah so do you like yeah. do you do woodworking or do you
1: yeah i do i do very basic woodworking yeah i, I, mean, I
0: do woodworking too i haven't done it in a while but i build a lot of birdhouses too do yeah. you make them out of cedar i do yeah Is that, what do you yeah like to i make use cedar out? yeah i love the smell of cedar i do too i love it yeah so and so you still build them the ones you sell are all, yeah. all built by you.
1: The ones we've sold are all built by me. Now, what I found was as my touring schedule, again, this started at work. a time where I was not touring as nearly okay. as heavily. So I had time to build them in my basement. So honestly, you know, at the, the most recently our efforts have been on the road donations. We took the birdhouses offline and I'm trying to figure out a way to, to kind of reintroduce the concept of maybe making them. Um, you know, because we were just making them. Literally, it was an item in my store. You could buy it for fifty. Then we charge seventy-five. But it, it just found that the orders were getting backed up. So I'm trying to find a way that works with the, the new speed that I'm, I'm, you know, traveling and doing my thing. So I, I might, we might, I'm experimenting with doing some one of a kind oh, birdhouses cool. that, are, cool. that are that are maybe a bid. So I think there we could actually know. maybe raise more money and um, right. with with going that approach, and it would take less less time to do it. Okay, I've really enjoyed talking to you, man. I've enjoyed talking to you too. It's Chris. been really, it's a, it's an It's, uh, uh, since we've written
0: a couple songs together, yeah. you know, that's a whole other vibe. And this is a, this is, uh, I feel like I met you all over again. Yeah. I feel You know the what same I mean? Way. It's yeah. like in a, this different format. And I, I got to tell you, man, I really love your, I have from the first time someone played me something, I don't remember what song it was, but I was like, I really felt like I was seeing you when I heard it. Wow. And so many times you don't, you know, wow, thank I was you. like, that's a huge compliment. I, I, I was like, wow, I, I, I see his heart. I see him, you know, and that's a real artist. Wow. So I hope that you, uh, I hope that it just you. goes out the roof for you on this record. And I know that it will, I think you're going to be around for a long time.
1: Thank you, Chris. That means a lot, man.
0: Thank you. Steve Mokler on pitch list and we'll see y'all soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to pitch list. The songwriters podcast.